Are you tired of riding an emotional roller coaster every month? As a woman, I get it. The Women's Wheel is here to be your emotional anchor. Understand your cycle and discover the archetypes that resonate with your unique and dynamic emotional landscape. Together, let's find balance, strength, and a sense of ease through the changes. Head to womenswheel.co to start your journey of self-discovery and emotional empowerment today. Well, today I am lucky enough to have with me Margaret Baker. Uh, Margaret, I first met at an art market in Lakeland, the Lakeland Art Crawl. And um, before I actually met Margaret, a mutual friend of ours named Lucy told me I needed to be on the lookout for Margaret's work. And we happened to be neighbors. Uh, I ended up uh, buying a small piece from Margaret and commissioned her for four other small paintings. And uh, Margaret is probably my favorite painter in the Florida area. Um, hey, <laughs> thank you. I'm also a dog sitting a Yorkie at this point, and that Yorkie loves to set off all the other dogs. <laughs> so hopefully the noise cancel is going to try and block some of that. Anyways, well, yeah. um, Margaret has a wonderful style that is incredibly nostalgic and warm and like... Uh, I don't know this. I know this word doesn't make sense, but I like to describe your paintings as chewy. Uh, I just kind of want to like, I just want to like put it chewy? in my mouth and sink my teeth into it, like a uh, like a starburst. <laughs> what? They're they're warm. Like I, they're, they're definitely sentimentally warm. Like that's usually people are like these are really comforting. And um, when I have them all hung, like when they're all together, people are like these are really comforting yeah because you yeah. have some you they, usually they, have wide strokes wide fat strokes and um that makes it feel huggable i guess <laughs> i don't know it, it's weird but anyway how would you go ahead you describe your art yeah. to the listeners oh that's always that's always fun um it's I, I i most of the time i move fast so yeah my brush strokes when I'm, when I'm gathering something, it's, it's, they are pretty, pretty fat and looser. Um, although what's weird is when they're, you're far away, it looks tight to me. It always looks like more photoish than I want it to be. Then when I'm hanging it in my booth, I'm always like, oh, these are so messy. And, and then I'll step back to take a photo of my booth and I'll be like, oh, these, these look pretty good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but, but my work is, mo it's, it's mostly nostalgia. I started uh, painting from references from uh, vernacular photography. So found photos. Uh, a lot of it comes from my own family, family albums. Um, I, I always tell people my dad left me about 10,000 slides, uh, like 25, uh, seven moving boxes wow. filled with 25 reels, each containing a hundred slides in them all from the 60s and 70s uh some from his childhood uh like uh, old photos and and old negatives and stuff he was a uh he was a, the keeper of the family photos 
and um, you know it he was annoying uh, <laughs> and so a lot of the the photographs are these um, unstaged moments that I like and when I started looking through them I didn't it, it was it was hard not to be instantly connected but then it was like I miss that and so that's what I kind of try to portray in some of my paintings is is sometimes it's that longing um but I also paint a lot of found photos because I used to collect old photos as well so I look for stuff you know you can only paint your family for so long before you're just like oh this is emotionally draining and you move on so yeah that's how I paint stuff I've also just finished uh, digitizing about a thousand slides from my mom's stuff um, mm. because uh, she's in a nursing home now. And um, so we had to severely like reduce the amount of clutter as we prepare to sell her house and uh, digitizing all those slides with this little Kodak scanner thing I bought has been fun. But I think the most fun part is being able to throw them away afterwards. But I have them all in the cloud so she can view them on her tablet, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, my, my dad digitized a good chunk of these. And yet I can't find myself throwing them away because it, it feels like, uh, well, one, that because the negatives are uh, proof, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're the originals. And I just they're just beautiful the way they are. You know, there's this weird as I, like I feel like I'm going to do something else with them when I'm done. But mm. when you come across these photos, because people buy and sell these photos, you can go on eBay. You could, you could instead of throwing away your old photos, you could literally could have sold them on eBay. Um, there's a lot of collectors of vernacular photography, um, people that have their own kink of things that they like. <laughs> they literally are like, you know, sell, sell me stuff with, you know, vacation volcanoes in them or something. Um, so w what's that term you're using? Um what photography? I don't want to oh, say it wrong. Uh, ver vernacular. So vernacular is oh. is the amateur photography that we all do or did. I don't, I don't know if we all do it anymore because we can make really great photos with our digital phones. Um, but we, you know, it's just, it's not a professional, it's a novice. And it's the type of stuff that makes its way to thrift stores and estate sales and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And you, it's, it's got its own uniqueness, a lot of flash photography in there uh weird compositions um you know it's it's not well it's not well photographed and that's kind of the beauty of it is because it caught that that hidden moment so there's a lot of collectors mm. of it I've, I've run across a lot of people who paint vernacular photography like i do um and it's so, so i have yeah i have found a pretty good use of the ones that i scan because i'm working on a tarot project right now which is uh, I'm kind of like, I'm reinterpreting tarot cards to each be a fake Italian movie poster from the seventies. So a lot of the photos were ones that my dad took in Italy in 1979. So those have taken, uh, have proved to be very useful as references. Yeah. And uh, on top of that, I've also been using some other like, um, photos from, um, the British museum and like public public stuff but it's also been fun going back using photos that i took in high school like i'm like oh that perfectly works for this situation yeah. it's it's weird right and and you people hold on to these photos um i don't know i the, i think the saddest is when i pick them up at thrift stores you know because you go to thrift stores you always, and you find somebody's family photos and, and you know it's pretty they're, they're dead i mean like 
the stuff that I'm painting, my son is not going to keep. It's going to make its way to Goodwill at some point um, or the mm. landfill. But I love that idea of taking something that is a thrown away moment, a moment that is lost, it is forgotten, it has been made its way to the edges of a thrift store. And now it becomes a oil painting. Um, and somebody buys it and hangs it in their home. And it's, you know, it's going to continue on for a while. Uh, I love that idea. I, and I love it when people, you know, buy something I've painted. And I'm like, like I, I painted a series that was this, I, I picked it up at the Coop um, thrift store here in Orlando. And it was these black and white photos of this kid at a lake. And he was like, he's a fat little kid. And he had a inner tube and he was like on the lake and it was like his, it, you know, it, it was two other women with him and there was pictures of him in the lake and then him by the shore and then him with his mom or his aunt or whatever. And I painted a series. I painted the, almost the, I, I bought four of the photographs and I painted three of them. All three of them have sold. And I love mm. this idea that this kid, this lost, you know, he probably, the, the person who's in that photo probably doesn't even remember the moment. Probably doesn't even remember the photograph, right? It was, you know, who knows? And, but, you know, now they're painted and somebody, somebody bought them and has hung them in their, in their home or office or something. It's kind of, I love that idea. It's like lost, but now found. I feel, I feel like your work is kind of the personification of an idea that I often come across, which is the more specific the imagery or concept, the more globally it becomes accepted. So like you're doing these incredibly specific moments, but people who grew up in the other side of the country will see that and identify with that. Is that something that you see, like people looking at your work and then bringing up their <sighs> own story that associates with it? Yes, which is what I, it, which is when somebody comes in, because um, I've had people who have who've like beelined into my booth and um, like I, I had this one that was, it was from a photograph of my mom and she was giving me a um, like, I'm a toddler and you can't really see me. I'm just like leaned over in the sink. And I had this woman beeline into my tent and she was crying. And, you know, it was one mm. of those situations where it was like, she recognized that mom moment. Like, I feel like I paint a lot of mom moments and it just, it kind of made her emotional because she, she had just lost her mom um, who had passed mm. and, I get a lot of those, like people who are just instantly like, or I get people who are like, that looks exactly like my uncle, such and such, or that looks, that's my uncle on that ugly couch with the dogs <laughs> on the couch, you know, um, which, which is fun, but I love it when people, because no matter what your work is, people are going to make up their own stories about it. Um, mm. you know, I can, I can wax poetic all day about my own painting <laughs> and like my motivation behind it, but it really doesn't matter. It's what somebody, you know, but they see it and they see something else. Like I've, I've had people, um, I usually can tell the kind of area I'm in when they, you know, by the artist they compare me to. So <laughs> I'm like, I'll take it. I'll take whatever artist you got, but it's, you know, their, their vocabulary of relating. And so, yeah, I love that they, people make up stories. I, I would say, first and foremost, I equate your style with Edward Hopper. Oh, um, that's sweet. Is that something you've heard? You know, uh, if, okay, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to get myself in trouble. If I'm, 
Okay. If I'm in an area like I've, cause I've, I've only been doing these shows, for, I guess last five years. Um, but like in the last couple of years, I've done more of them outside of, um, all around. And if I'm in like a college town, um, I get bigger, I get bigger comparisons. So I get like Edward Hopper or, um, Oh, I can't remember who they compare me to, but it was like, you know, actual artists where I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. Thank you very much. But a lot of the times I get, um, and, and this is, this is going to be the more like not near college towns. I'll get Norman Rockwell, which is not my mm. style, but right. I don't, the reason I know that they, you know, from, from just a like layman, the reason that that's the, the artist that comes to mind is because it's just, it's homey. And it's relatable. Mm-hmm. So he painted homey and relatable things. Um, you know, as an artist, you always like, you, you know, the artist that you want people to say, like if mm. you had said, and I had this happen to me, I was in at a show in Tennessee and there was another artist across from me and she was an art teacher and she came over and she goes, your work reminds me so much and of Alice Neal. And I was like, oh, you hit the wow. artist that I wanted somebody to compare me to. Like, <laughs> I was like, I got, I got really Beautiful. excited. I was like, that's the first time anybody ever like named the artist that I really like. <laughs> you know, it's, it was kind of, it was kind of sweet. <laughs> if you had said Mary Cassatt too, I would have loved that. So, <laughs> oh. oh yes, yes, yeah. picturing a child in a park in yeah. Or, or sitting yeah. in a chair or something. Yeah. yeah. So uh, l- let's talk a bit about your journey at market. So like, where did you start? How far have you gone? Cause you mentioned you did one in Tennessee and I know you're headquartered in the Orlando Gainesville area, if I'm not mistaken. About, and I'm in, uh, five years, so. Yeah. I'm in Orlando. I have my, um, this <laughs> last year, uh, last November, I, I now have a studio in Lake Mary. So I'm really proud of that. I've had that and we just signed a, a two year additional lease. So I'm here for a while. Um, so that's where I'm based out of. But the first show I ever did was the Art Crawl um, out of Lakeland. Oh. So it was the one that was uh, when they were, they just moved. I haven't, I haven't seen the, the new location, but the I think it was 2018 I did. That was my very first show. And it was the one day show. And mm-hmm. um, I, I had a the white pop-up tent. Um, I had the mesh walls, the white mesh walls. I spent money on those. Um, so my, like my initial setup was probably about $700, um, expense wise. And my whole thought process (laughs) was if I can set up the tent, like I could care less whether anybody bought anything or, or whatever. All I wanted to know was, could I set up that tent and put those walls up by myself? And I did. And I like, I didn't sell anything at Art Crawl 2018. And I was so, I was ecstatic. I was driving home, like, I set it up and I broke it down all by myself. <laughs> you know? Like, I was so proud of myself. Um, you did know, you do so any then practice I practice in your backyard. I did. I set it up in my driveway. Yeah. So okay. it was, it was, um, yeah. I was, I mean, it was, I, it, it was embarrassing how proud I was because I think I only had like eight paintings. Like I had eight paintings. That was, that was it. Like, um, 
And I think the next year, like our crawl in their application, they're like, you need to have enough work to fill the tent. <laughs> I was like, I felt, I felt targeted. I felt, <laughs> but they did such a good job because you didn't have, you know, like to apply when you apply to art, art festivals, you almost always have to have a booth shot and it has to be a quality booth shot. And that's really hard to do um, when you're just wanting to see if that's even something that's viable. So like the whole right. premise of art crawl, it being one day and it being um, supported by the Polk Museum of Art and the um, Ellen Chastain who runs it. I mean, just so supportive of the artist. You didn't have to have a booth. You didn't have to have a booth shot. Um, and they actually took booth shots that year. I don't know if they still do all this, but they oh. literally took photographs of the artists in their booth. So you could use that as a booth shot. Like they would take a picture of your booth for you. Um, and they did so much promotional material um, that like other stuff came from that. Like I didn't sell anything at that festival, but I met like I met connections that led somewhere um, in the future. And I've led, have continued actually to lead somewhere. Like I, I've been contacted by people who's like, I saw you at Art Crawl, um, and you know, I'm at a different festival, and they're like, I want to buy, buy your work. So that's that's always awesome. So that was, I guess, uh, I assume Art Crawl was in November again uh, mm -hmm. in 2018. Yeah. Okay. So it, so you started pretty late in the year with that first market. How how would you estimate? And I ask because it's. I know I have kind of my own journey. Uh, how would you estimate, say, 2019, how many markets you did? And then how did that compare to 2023? So twenty, so 2019, I probably, okay, so I did, I did, I think in 2018, I did Art Crawl. And I also did, uh, where, where I live, had uh, Winter Springs Art Festival. Again, sold zero dollars. <laughs> work <laughs> so it's always you know keep going though and uh so 2019 i don't remember probably about five five festivals i didn't do anything like i was so proud of i got into um images so when you know when you you do art festivals you a lot of times you needed to apply for an art festival six months ago like if you want to be in the right. art festival you need it and so like that was the other thing with art crawl is like, um, it was something I was trying and you, it, there was like a two month, like it was like a month and a half or something you apply and then you find out and then you, you go. Um, and I think I did the next shows that it was like a big show that for me, it was images in New Smyrna beach. Uh, it's put on by the Atlantic center for the arts. It's in January. I'll be doing it this year as well. And that one was like, well, I feel like my first really big, like, Ooh, like a big art show. It was three days. Um, I had to set everything up myself. Um, I had my big, Oh wait, no. After art crawl, I'm sorry. I, after art crawl, I did the land, the land art festival. Cause that one's also in November <laughs> later in the years, mm -hmm. right before Thanksgiving, I did the land. That was the big, that was my first big art festival. Like where I felt like it was like a real art festival with like other artists, um, and professional artists, you know, people who do this for a living, um, that would be Deland. Like I was, that was, that was one I was really proud of. It was also the one where I realized I needed to get a better tent because it rained and the, I had like an easy up tent or ABC canopy and the tent had like bowed with the water. 
And you like they, there are people you can put like pool noodles or something in there to get the water out. But I was like, I'm going to keep doing this. And, you know, even though I, I think that Deland show, I maybe sold a thousand dollars of paintings, not a, like a lot. Um, I made expenses and a tiny profit. Um, I was like, I'm going to keep going. And so I bought a, like the professional tent. So I bought the big trim line tent, which was a lifesaver. And then the next, like right after that. So I think in 2019, I did like five shows. Um, it was enough to keep me going. And then in 2020, I did, uh, images and I won an award and I did Mount Dora and I won an award and then COVID hit and I didn't do anything till 2022 when we met at, uh, our crawl again in, uh, November, yeah. 2022. Yeah. Or was that so November of 2021? Specific- no, it was 2021. We met. I, I think it was, yeah. yeah, it was 21. So uh, one thing I specifically want to ask you about is you made the delineation of like a professional art market. And I know that those exist out there. Art crawl is the most art centered event I've ever vented at. I always do more market markets rather than art markets. Right. Generally, because I feel like the audiences that go to those are not going to be interested in what I make because I don't do anything traditional. I'm all digital. I primarily make products with my art. And also usually the vending fees are like three, $400 for events like that. But yeah. it seems like that's where you've been focusing on is those more high end. Well, it's, it's um, the same. Maybe high end is not the term, but. Yeah. I, well, no, I, um, so whenever I apply, um, and, and this is just something to, to know is you always feel like you're sending, you're sending out, I'm buying the worst lottery ticket ever is what I'm doing. I'm spending 50 bucks. <laughs> And it's a lottery <laughs> ticket. Like, are you going to get into the show? Like, cause there's a lot of work involved, but the reason I kept going, um, and the reason I saw doing those types of art festivals for myself, like art, like, uh, ones that focus on, on fine art or just, you know, people who, who make art, um, and not necessarily products, right. Mm-hmm. They were making paintings or, or, or ceramics and photos and stuff like that. Um, the reason I focus on that is because what I found, even when I didn't sell anything, is that I got a really good glimpse of my target market. And when you're starting out, um, you know, that that idea, like, I made this painting. I'm going to put it online. Everybody's going to love this. I'm going to sell this. That doesn't happen. And even if you have a great following on Instagram, you know, people are following you all the time. You can post work. You may You are not really knowing the people who are really attracted to your work. And when you're out there in front of the people and actually, I mean, yeah, you hear a lot of stupid comments, you know, comments where you're like, you got to let it roll over you. But Mm -hmm. you also get some really great insight about the type of people who are drawn, like that literally come into your, your booth and are like, or even for products. Like, I, I love this coloring book. I love, I love the golden girls. I mean that you, you have to get Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Everybody. So when you're like, I, I, that's invaluable information. And so that's what's kept me doing the markets or the the festivals and why I kept applying even when I didn't make any money. Um, But it's, you know, it's a different, I I, I sell paintings, I sell oil paintings, you know, and every market's different. So like whenever I go out to um, like somebody tells me, Oh, you need to apply to this show. This is a really great show. The first thing I'm going to want to know is like, what do you sell? 
like your great show is not my great show <laughs> mm, and point, like point, yeah, yeah your great location and, and so like i like the thing i learned about deland like when the first year when i did deland festival i was like it was the first time i actually sold paintings like people actually bought multiple paintings and i got a good idea of like okay so the people who kind of are attracted to my artwork are between this age range a lot of them um like I, I do better in like college type towns um, or, or larger type art fe or festivals that are put on by arts organizations like um, the Atlantic Center for the Arts sort of thing. Like I, I do better with those than I do going to some of the other festivals, which are put on by maybe different types and they're looking for different types of work. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, I really like it. I, I, I shouldn't like it. It's really hard and it's really expensive. <laughs> and again, it's like you're like, I just apply, I've, I'm applying for the summer right now. So I, I'm applying to the summer to outside of Florida shows and it's a crapshoot. I have no idea what kind of shows I'm going to get into. I have no idea if my business is going to continue past April. <laughs> <laughs> like I have shows, um, I have good shows up, up until, uh, almost May. And then I have no idea what the, my rest of my year looks like. Um, and if you're a Florida, if you strictly do Florida, you pretty much have the summer off and then you start applying yeah. towards you, in the summer, in the summers when you're applying towards those, those, uh, fall shows, or if you're trying to apply to something that's really big, like the Winter Park Office, that's when you're applying in like August, you're applying for that March show. I mean, like a lot of these like really big shows that are, they are very expensive. They have really long lead times and you have no idea if you're going to get in because the judges are always different. It's really high stakes. There's a lot of people applying. And so sometimes just getting in is like, you know, that's where you celebrate even though you have no money in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. So... So w one thing that I, uh, uh, I guess I could say get addicted to. So like markets are a n not a big percentage of my business income, but one thing that I always get addicted to is like coming home after a long day at a market, $1,400 richer. And you're like, well, that was nice for one day's work. <laughs> so I, I, I definitely feel that like draw and need to want to apply for more things, but I've uh, over the years started editing out markets from my schedule. Do you find that each year you apply to more or you apply to less? So this year, um, so if you were to ask me last year, last year, this time last year, I would have said that I was trying to only do uh, no more than eight shows a year. Okay. And that changed when I did um, a couple shows outside of Florida in the summer. And it was kind of a fluke that I even applied to him. It was, it was like, an, I don't even know how the hell I got accepted, but it was so, such a great experience that this year I flipped it and I'm actually trying to stay busy and do more markets or more, more festivals um, during the spring and summer and not do any in the fall. So um, that said, I've also edited out some of the festivals that I've done in the past that have just been, they're the ones locally that are big festivals. I, I you know, being on the I-4 corridor, 
Um, and in central Florida, we are really positioned to have a lot of great shows. Like there's a lot of shows down in St. Pete where you are and a lot of shows in Tampa, a lot of shows um, in the central Florida area, up and down the I-4 corridor, a lot of big name shows. And like, I, I just had to say, I don't have the ability to do, um, to do, uh, and the one I just turned down, um, was Mount Dora. And I was like, I don't, I, I do, I'm doing images at the end of Jan or January. And then like Mount Dora is like always the next weekend. And that's always such a stretch for me because I, what I make is painting. So if I, if I didn't make a, a lot of paintings, um, it's, a, I can't like just make an oil painting. It won't even be dry, but I'm outdoors. So it's like right. inventory wise. And I was like, you know, I don't know why I'm stretched. So instead I started to focus on just quality. So I'm so trying not do to do it. Do you, do you bring everything you have or do you leave I, some stuff back? I, so this year I will be bringing, I'm not bringing the same. Um, I have a couple large paintings that I probably won't be taking. But I had this really unique experience where um, this last July, I took everything I had to Colorado and I sold out just about everything I had except for these three paintings. Oh, wow. So that wow. was like, that was like really, that was awesome. That was the, like, like I said, that was a show that I, I couldn't even believe I got into. Um, and it made me realize like, okay, instead of trying to focus on maybe some of the small, like the, the ones that are local to me. I should aim to maybe try to go for the bigger shows that are outside of Florida. And, you know, if you get in, you, you get in, otherwise you just donated 50 bucks, you know, your application fee to these, this organization, but it's, it was definitely worth my time. And it, it, at first I thought it was maybe a fluke. And then I did another one outside of Florida and Tennessee. And that one was really great. Um, I was like, that was one I took Louis, um, Lucy came with me to help. And I was like, this turned out to be kind of profitable. <laughs> so that, that was, that was nice. You know, that, that was a nice feeling. And it, it, it kind of solidified my, my business. I'm like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to whittle down some of the more regional ones that I've been doing and maybe look at. So I started looking at some of the really big shows and going, I'm going to throw the dice and see if I get in. And if I get in great, if I don't, then I'm out 50 bucks, but Supporting find, some organization. Do you find that your target demographic is different in different regions? Like, for example, you mentioned you do a lot of like college town things here in Florida. You find that there's people um, interested in buying your work. Do you see like in Tennessee and Colorado, it was the same type of people buying stuff or was it? Well, like maybe uh, older people who have like nostalgia for their childhood versus oh, their gosh, parents' no. childhood. Actually, yeah, no, I, I, my demographic is not older people. Um, it's actually, it's younger, uh, younger than me. So there's, I call it a collective nostalgia. Um, mm. is how I describe it is that, uh, like the, the, a lot of the stuff that I work off of is stuff from the seventies as sixties, seventies, uh, you know, sometimes it's earlier, like forties and fifties, but it's that time period that's just on the cusp of like analog, you know, it's it, everything was still analog. And then, you know, before digital started to come in and I feel because everything's digital now, this is how I'm explaining it to myself, like explaining the people who buy my stuff is it just feels like there's this collective nostalgia for when things were analog 
even though like they couldn't, they, they don't have a connection to these photographs. So I really have like the person who, who buys the work goes, I, I bought it because it's my, you know, reminds me of my family. It'll remind them of something or they feel a connection to it. But like some of the younger people that buy my work, um, I think it's just like a memory. It's like a nostalgia for something that when it was slower or whatever, um, you know, it's mm-hmm. not, things weren't moving as fast, but the, so you say from region, that. from so region to region, I've only done a couple outside of Florida and two different types of demographic. Um, the one area I did very wealthy area. <laughs> so that was a different demographic, but for the most part, I rarely have older people buying my work. Like I don't, I'll have people commission me for an older person. That's like, oh, that's this is going to be a present for grandma or this is going to be a present for my mom or something like that. So if I do a custom piece, um, that's usually the case. Uh, but for the most part, like if I'm if I just painted something because I wanted to paint something, it's usually people my age or younger by my work. So under so 50. Let's, let's move into a conversation then about commissions. Twiggy wants to ask you a question. It's my dog. <laughs> so let's move into a conversation about commissions. Looking at your business as a whole, what percentage of income would you say is commission based? It, it depends. I, I think I told you it was about 30%, 35% of my business is commissions. Like <laughs> right now I am not in any galleries. Um, I, sell primarily at these festivals like that's and i and the reason i like that is because you're like the people who buy from me are buying directly from the artist and so i actually get to meet the people and i get to learn about my people who are attracted to my work and i get immediate feedback um on my work which can be invaluable and a lot of times just getting out there with my artwork even when i don't sell anything turns into something down the road Um, but commission wise, I, I probably hand out 500 cards at a festival. And if I hear, I will hear from somebody probably, um, I don't know. I I might hear from somebody a year later. Sometimes I hear from them immediately. Um, sometimes it'll be that same person saw me, sees me again at a festival at a different festival, same person who picked up a card and they're like, Oh, I remember you. I need to contact you. Then they reach back out to me. Um, so, and that, you know, it's, I try not to do too many. Like, I think when I first started, I did a lot more commissions because I felt like I needed to sell art. And so it's really Mm. easy to say yes. Um, yes to everything. Um, so, you know, Hey, can you paint my dog? Yes. <laughs> can you, paint my, can you paint my mom. Yes. Uh, you know, it, it was a lot of yeses in 20, I think 2022, not where was it? 2023. I, I can't remember. I think it was 2022 is I had to start saying no, mm. um, because I wasn't enjoying it. It's there. Sometimes it can be somewhat, you know, you, you may get something from someone and, you know, you go back and forth on commissions and you, it's not gelling. It's, it's not, it's not going to be an enjoyable experience. And that's, sure. that's been a really big learn. Like I, I had one where I did this commission and I wasn't feeling it like at all. I was like, this is going to be a stretch. 
but it was a good amount of money. So I was like, oh, okay, this is a good chunk of change. And the client, she was very pushy. Like, you know, she would just like, it was morphing into something I really didn't want to paint. And it ended up with me just returning her deposit, which I, you know, I say it's non-refundable and, but I'm like, I don't want to work on this. And it, that was a, that was a really strong realization of like, oh, it's a good amount of money. I don't want to do this. <laughs> this is not going to work out well. Like neither of us are going to be happy. Um, and she started sending me like their school book, their school year pictures from the seventies. Like I could paint in their faces from these photographs and mm-hmm. I have some skills, but I don't, I don't have that kind of skills. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't do a lot of digital manipulation. Um, I should learn that. Sure. And so, yeah. So commissions are, you know, yours, yours were great. Your commissions were great. And they're actually one of my favorites um, because oh. you, you also had such great photographs, but they were, you know, they were taken with such love and, you know, they were fun. Like you were like, oh, I want them to be on that paper. And that was my jam. So thank you. Thank you. It, it took us um, at least a year before we could hang them up because one of the dogs passed in yeah. between me asking you to paint it and us getting them. And like, he wasn't even sick when I asked you to paint them. So it was very fast. Um, and so it just, it took a while before we were ready to hang those up and see all the dogs together yeah. on the wall. It's a, that's, that is whenever I'm doing pet portraits, there's only been a few yours. And then I was, I, I gotta tell you, like when you were like, yeah, the dog, cause I, I think I'd started, I, I, I was almost done with them and they were about ready to, I was ready to ship them to you. And you're like, yeah, the dog passed. And I was like, I was kind of excited that I was finally painting animals that no that were not gone. <laughs> so I feel like a lot of times I'm I'm <laughs> painting I'm painting the deceased, and um, I always I always feel bad about that a little bit. Um, like I I just painted this, and I'm I really loved it, and I'm glad the client loved it, and it was one that was my jam. Um, it was it was just like I loved I loved everything about it. It was like from the '90s this photo, but the two people in the photos both had died you know, they, they had passed. It was a, it was a painting for his mom. And so I knew it was going to be emotional, um, uh, with the, with the painting. And that often makes it harder because you're wanting to capture that essence, uh, that they feel about the person, um, or the dog or, or whatever that there's a lot of pressure <laughs> for doing that. So <laughs> I'm glad I captured it. And then, you know, and I'm sorry that the dog passed, but it was, I liked your project. And so I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry they made you cry. <laughs> Are you ready to paint your own canvas in the real estate world as a homeowner? It's Leslie Haas from Realty One Group Sunshine, and I'm here to talk home equity, your masterpiece in the housing market. Imagine owning a piece of property that's not just a place to call yours, but also an investment opportunity. It's time to take that brush and start creating equity in your dream home. With interest rates on the verge of dropping, get ahead of the curve and secure your artistic haven before the next rush. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or upgrading your studio, let's sketch out your home ownership dreams together. To learn more, visit tampabayhomesforsale.realestate. So, uh, 
in regards to these clients, are do you almost always find them at these um, art fairs and art markets, or do you get leads through your website or Facebook? I, or yeah, no, the only usually happen. Yeah, the only leads I get through my website are scammers. Um, you know, like yeah, it's the same scam. No, my my website is kind of just a landing page. Um, I've had people that have reached out to me who've seen my stuff on Instagram, um, mm-hmm. yeah, but the reason that they even made their way to Instagram is because they saw me at a festival or right. somebody okay. I had one. Um, and this is, this is why I like doing the festivals is I'll have people like I had a gentleman, this was a couple of years ago who just kind of reached out through email and, uh, was like, I, you know, can you paint this picture of my wife and, my, and, and her dog? Both of them were alive. <laughs> He's like, it's a birthday present. <laughs> And, you know, he paid me my deposit and I'm like, okay, so I, I, I get it painted and I never followed up with him. Like, where did you hear about me? I, I just assumed he probably saw me at a festival and it, and then this woman was like, you painted this painting for my friend, Mike. I gave him your card. I picked it up like a couple years ago at a festival and I gave it to him mm. and, you know, he reached out to you to, to do the painting. He loves that painting. And I'm like, that's amazing. You know, like he didn't even see my work mm-hmm. in person. It was just like somebody thought enough when they saw my work and was like, I'm going to pass this on to people I know. I'm going to take your cards and pass it on. I, I almost never get anything off of Facebook. <laughs> I like my Instagram is linked to my Facebook. Um, and I keep it there. Like, you know, some people who like try to friend me, they're actually just looking for my face. So I leave it open. Um, but my website, I pretty much just have as a landing page so you can find my about you can find my CV, mm. you can find, you know, recent artwork that literally comes from Instagram. I've linked my Instagram to my, my website. So if you're looking at the recent pictures, they're going to be the same ones from Instagram. Uh, that's so do it. you have a personal Instagram or just a business Instagram? I have, uh, I have so many Instagrams. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, when my, I have one that is one where I just post, um, I post photos of, uh, my family. So after my parents died, it was pretty hard. And so I, I, I posted our stories. So that, that's a weird one that I have. And then I, um, I po- I used to post for a lot of different companies. So I would help out like other, like little nonprofits and stuff and I would help them post. But right now the only one I have is, um, the Margaret Baker art Instagram and, um, family remains, which is where I post about our family, like our, like, our, you know, my, my dead family, <laughs> my mom and my dad, my, my brother. So I, I find myself using Instagram less and less as time goes on. And I find myself using TikTok more and more because I try to replicate what I do as a consumer. And as a consumer, i find myself rarely scrolling through Facebook or TikTok anymore, but I scroll through TikTok. Yeah. I I think it's, I don't have TikTok. All right. But when I scroll on Instagram, I'm watching, you know, I'm like, I'm watching TikTok videos. Like it's so, (laughs) it's so dumb, you know, that like, I'm like, yeah, I don't have TikTok, but I wait for the week later and I'm scrolling, you know, I'm still watching the same TikTok creators. Um, I don't do that. I used to, try to post like I think five years five or six years ago when I started this like 
I was trying to build a following. Like, you know, you feel like you have to build a, like mm-hmm. that was a thing. Oh, you have to right, build a yeah. following. Oh, you have to post like, you know, on a schedule. And I even took Instagram classes, which is why I helped out some of like small businesses that I knew um, with their Instagram, their social media, because I'd taken these, these classes. I don't use it on my own. Um, I find every time I do a festival, uh, my Instagram bumps uh, because people mm. follow me from the festival. Um, and that's actually been a little bit better than, well, a lot better than Instagram. So like I made the mistake of paying for advertising once like a year or two ago from by Instagram. That's certain death. Like you pay for, if you paid for uh, advertising Instagram and you don't continue to pay for advertising, uh, Instagram will just strangle your account. You might as well just give up and start over. And so now my posts every once in a while, they'll like get seen by more than 8% of my followers. Um, but most of the time, you know, I'm, I, they're strangling my account. Like, I think they were like, Oh, you're going to enjoy these couple hundred likes of this, this picture. But that's it. That's it. That's all you get. So now I don't, I don't post on Instagram. I feel like post like when I feel like it or if I'm doing an event. So I post, I use stories more on Instagram. I've thought about setting up a store, but I I just, I haven't done that either. I know in general, I feel like, so thinking about how my wife uses Instagram, we pass by a restaurant that looks interesting. Her first thing she does is look them up on Instagram to mm. see like what kind of events they're happening, uh, how recently they've posted. That way she'll know how active they are in like social yeah. settings. And like based on that, it makes me think that I should be having a post every time I'm going to be at a market, every time I'm working on something, I should do that on Instagram. But the problem is I don't think anyone who follows me cares. Like no one wants to see what I'm doing as like an, an yeah. active traveling person. It might make sense for you when I, you're going to a lot more well, markets. N- no, I don't post about like, this is the life of like there. I, I literally now, <laughs> because I linked my Instagram to my website and it's so, cause it was so cumbersome to load like photos onto my website of like recent artworks or whatever. So that mm-hmm. linking between Instagram and there. So then I, what I used to do is I used to put posts like work in progress or like, you know, here's how my studio looks today. Like those little snippets of life. I don't do that anymore. I just post finished po- paintings because I know it's going to go to my website. Um, and then in my stories, I always make sure to have my upcoming events. It drives mm. me. I, it irritates me to know. It's like posting that somebody died and didn't, and don't, and you don't put like what they died from. Cause now I'm going to spend 20 minutes looking up. Like, what did they die from? So people will post like their event, but they don't say like where the event is or when the event is and like artists that I follow. And I'm like, I want to go see your artwork. Where are you? And they'll just post like, I'm going to be at this place. And they don't like put the city um, or the time or the day. (laughs) And I'm always irritated. I'm like, why did why are you being so exclusive? Like, I just want to, you know, it's an event. So I got in the habit of, I always post my events. Like I'll, in my stories, I'll post like I am in, I am in booth 182 on canal street, you know, in new Smyrna beach. And you know, the weird thing that's happened, people have come to see me 
and they'll say, I follow you on Instagram and you posted where you were going to be and they show up, they don't buy anything, but they showed up, you know, just to tell me that they were like, Oh, Mm -hmm. I didn't even know about this event, but I saw you posted it and you posted where it was, where your booth was, where it was near, (laughs) what day and the time of the event. And it was like those silly, stupid things. I was like, Oh yeah, that's really helpful. Isn't it to know where I am? So I do that. I do that religiously in stories, but that's it. It's good to see that feedback. I I honestly don't know how Instagram stories work. I don't think I've ever posted a story. I've shared stories that I've been tagged in, but I, I'm just, I, I mean, I'm sure it's well, easy you to did, figure you did out. Tic, you do TikTok, so you could post your TikToks to stories. That's all they are. Oh, shit. That's a good idea. Yeah. You just post those. <laughs> but the other is like, the the reason, I I mean, it's kind of old now. I mean, I'm it, we're talking about something that was five years ago. And I feel like there's always a new social media. And there's always a new thing. You know, like, you, you mm-hmm. know, like everybody's moved over to this other thing. And if you're. Like I have a Facebook, which really right there tells you that I must be close to 50 because I have a Facebook. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Nobody like my son will not have a Facebook. That's just insane. Um, You know, he won't even have an Instagram, I'm sure, in the future. He's 10. He'll not have any of that. Um, it, It always feels somewhat outdated like posting to the like any advice that you had from uh, last year is going to be outdated today. So I just try to keep it current. Like you say, cause I do the same thing. I'll find artists that I like and I'll go to see, are you even still active? Are you still alive? Um, and I'll look at like, okay, he posts once every month or so. And I'm like, okay, still alive. Um, just busy. Um, I try to post once a week, but like those weird things of trying to keep a schedule on Instagram. No. I don't do that anymore, but I do post my stories. And if actually know that those process videos you were talking about, like, you know, the things like where you're making your art, I feel like those are, unless you're wanting a bunch of artists following you, um, those are great for stories, like just giving context. So I know, like I follow people who post their process. I know that's a, that's a huge thing on TikTok. Um, I, for a long time was doing like time-lapse of my watercolors and then I realized that like the videos that do better on TikTok are not time lapse. It's just like three seconds every 10 minutes of your painting so that it feels like you're like you're not doing it quickly. It's still at the normal rate, but it's just edited down. Oh, and, and do you cut off that, right before the for the end so that like the person has to watch it all the way through again? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, <laughs> but, like, I haven't done that because it's like. Thinking logistically, how am I going to do that? Am I going to record the whole thing as like like a two-hour watercolor painting and then actually edit it down on the computer? Or do I just like every few seconds pull out the camera and record another three seconds? If I do it all as time-lapse, it's a lot easier because then I have the thing done at the end. It's yeah. just tedious. <laughs> it is really tedious, isn't it, though? Like, I've tried. Yeah. I think when I first started, I did you know, like you can if you scroll my Instagram, if I haven't hidden them, I I'll have like a video that I posted of me like painting and I had like the setup on my phone, you know, all set up and another <laughs> camera. And I was like, this is not what I want to do. Um, 
I love that experience where you don't know what you don't want until you're actually in it. And you're like, oh, I don't want this. <laughs> and that was one of the, like, I've already, I've already spent the money on, you know, this, this thing that holds my phone, you know, for the tripod. And I've already spent the money on the ring lamp. And, you know, then I do it and I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't want all this. Like, I can't, I can't maintain this. And what I also noticed with some of the festival artists is that they don't even, they don't even maintain um, art web, like they, they literally don't have any social media, which always, that, that, that like blew my mind. They didn't have any social media because they're, they're not looking to sell their work from social media. They're looking to sell it in person. And, um, mm-hmm. the show that I did in Denver, that was a huge show. And I, that was the first time I've ever met people who made enough money. Like they only do four shows a year. That was one of them. And like when they were leaving, wow. they were leaving with a huge chunk of change. Um, they were like wow. this, like I met one woman from Brooklyn and she's like, I, she's like, I only do four shows. This is one of them. And I, this is like, you know, one fourth of my income for the year. Okay. And she's like, I fly in, I rent a van. I bring, you know, bring my artwork. I rent a tent. I set up for this show. It's a three day show. And she's like, that's, that's and when she left the festivals, she left a lot more money than me. Like there was just people where I'm like, I cannot believe the sales, um, because there are people. This is their full time job. Their full time job okay. is just doing these festivals around the country, and they are making six figures easily. I mean, if, if that if I ever if I I will never get into that Denver show again. But if I ever do, uh, I will bring more artwork. <laughs> that was, it's but that is one. the the trajectory that you're trying to model your, yourself after, right? Oh like hell that yeah! Is kind of your ultimate goal is to just yeah. be market focused. Pretty much these focused. the festival focused. Like while I physically still can, like it's not a thing because mm-hmm. you're you're battling the weather. It can suck. It can suck. And and I've driven home from shows where you don't sell very much, and the weather was awful, and you're you're driving with the music off. And you're just dead eye stare as you're driving home, you know, thinking about your life choices. And then there'll be the time where you like, you know, like you said, you go home with 1400 bucks and you're like, Hey, that was, that was a really easy day. Um, that was really enjoyable. I enjoy having money in my bank account. Um, yeah, it's, it, there's the inconsistency of it, you know, cause you don't know how a show's going to go. And actually, you know, as like the pandemic, you don't even know if the show's going to go off. Like I had applied in 2020 it was going to be the year that I was supposed to go to Nashville. I had gotten into Madison, Wisconsin show, which is, which is a really hard one to get into. I gotten into one in Minnesota. Those were all ones that were going to take place in 2020. They all got canceled because of COVID, um, and riots, uh, but <laughs> like COVID, they, everything got canceled, but like I have a show coming up, uh, that's over by the beach in New Smyrna. The weather could be awful. Like it, it could be cold. Like if it's cold, I'm probably not going to be a lot of people. Or if it's really windy, uh, they might cancel the show. Uh, so like you could be, I could be making like right now I'm making a bunch of artwork for the next five shows that I have coming up and they're all kind of big shows. So I'm hoping I do well at them, but the reality is it could get closer and that show could get canceled. Um, mm. or it, the, the weather might just be bad. Right. So if it's overly hot, people won't come out. Um, you know, I've, I've been at a show where there was flooding. <laughs> it's not pleasant, 
And so, yeah, I'm focusing, I am selling my, like putting my, like, that's the, the focus I see for my business. Oops. Sorry. For the next, <laughs> okay. enjoy, enjoy that. Um, for the next year is festivals. I don't know, you know, cause it, if you, even if I get sick, it's not setting up a tent is hard. Um, hanging, mm, you know, dragging yeah. out your artwork. I, I fill up my car with artwork. I, I drive a SUV. I fill it up with artwork in my tent and I set everything up myself, uh, which I'm always proud of myself, um, to do. There's always some yeah. guy, there's always some guy at the end. who's like, Oh, yeah, Oh yeah. You needed some help. And I'm like, no, I got it now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I know uh, what you mean. I, I've passed out at a market before and, uh, luckily it was like 10 minutes from home. So my wife came and saved my life, but <laughs> oh, there, there, I think there's just, literally been artists that have died, um, and you know, doing a wow. festivals that because it's so it's so hot yeah, but, i believe it yeah but like well, when for i me it was just because i wasn't hungry all day so i'm like oh maybe tomorrow i'll weigh a few pounds less that'll be fun Stupid. oh yeah so no i just didn't eat <laughs> i did that where um this winter th there's the one down in st pete mainsail um that's over in vinoy park that one's at yeah. the end of the season in florida so it's like mid-april and i'm doing it again this year but when I do setup, it's it's usually kind of hot. It's like it'll get up to ninety degrees, and you're setting up at like noon, noon, and you have to be out of the park by six. And that one is one where I will stop and go sit in my car and crank the AC so that I don't I don't yeah I don't keel over because like you, you can feel it too because you'll start moving really slow. And you're mm -hmm. just getting really like, like, I would just feel like I was getting kind of emotional. Like I was, felt, you know, you feel like you're going to cry because you're, you know, I'm sitting, putting the tent up and like, Oh, you know, and I'm like, this is so hard. And I'm like, why am I emotional? And, I, and it's like, Oh, cause you need to go get some water and you need to cool down. Um, so those are ones where like, sometimes it's set up. It might take me three or four hours to set up just cause I have to go sit and cool off before going, continuing on. So. So yeah. with that in mind, let's talk about your new studio. Is this going to be like, uh, do you see this as a potential as like selling art on your own terms? Like people come to you as a destination and you get to set up the whole environment yourself or is well, it just for you to do work privately? Well, it, so that's my, my dream is like, so when <laughs> I found, so where I used to, well, I guess I still do. I volunteered for this, uh, the Lake Mary Museum, which is a little historical museum in Lake Mary. And there is this old section of Lake Mary. Most people don't realize it even exists. Um, and it's, you know, like all these little buildings from the sixties and the fifties, um, in this area. So I was volunteering at the Lake Mary museum and I happened to see this like for rent sign, just like one of those handwritten for rent signs outside of the building, like office for rent. And I called it and really nice friendly woman but it was this uh it's 500 square feet and it's in a nice area like i consider it a nice area it's quiet um and it's just, it was just the right size for myself and my partner my partner uh he has his day job but he likes to um help out with the uh playwrights round table and to put on shows for the fringe uh the fringe oh, cool. festival here and so and he writes his own, his own work. So he had been looking for an office. That's the whole reason I started by looking for when I saw this office space, I thought of him 
And then when she was like, it's 500 square feet, I was like, oh, we could, maybe we can split it down the That's middle. Big for an art studio. Yeah. I know. It's really big. I, I know. I'm really proud of myself. Anyway, <laughs> it, we could split it down the middle. And that's kind of what we did for the first year. And then this year, I've kind of just, my, my artwork is just kind of taken over. My thoughts on it, it's big enough that I like, I, I need to paint it paint the walls and put in like a hanging system. And that was my thought. It was like, it, this is a potential of, you know, in having open studio. I could have open studios or I could have like a little group show or if another artist wants to use the space as an open, you know, a weekend art show to sell their work. Um, or even subletting out part of the space to other artists for as a workspace. Cause it, I was used to work out of my kitchen um, I took over like the kitchen nook area of our kitchen and that was kind of a pain in the ass cause I'd have to move everything. <laughs> like anytime anybody wanted to access the garage, which seemed like as soon as I pushed out my easel and got everything in position, that's when somebody had to get to the recycle bins and like, eh, and you know, and I have to push everything back in and now it's kind of nice. Like I left today to go get my kid. So like I dropped my kid off at school. I go to this, it's convenient. I drive to the, it's nice. I call it going to the office. I go to the office and I work and then till I have to go get the kid. And it's kind of, it's that piece that I think I was missing of like getting out of the house. Um, because it's really convenient when you're home and, and I, I might be the only one I'm sure it, where I will, go make lunch. And then I'm like, I'll just watch one episode. And then like, <laughs> Oh, it's time to go get the kid. I'm still watching episodes. So I got, you know, so now I actually work a lot more and our house doesn't smell like linseed oil. Um, like when I walk in, it doesn't smell like, you know, there's an oil painting in your face when you walk in. Um, that's been really pleasant. So I hope it continues. I hope I can continue to afford the place. Um, but, it, but I would like to turn it into a gallery. I'd like to be able to turn it into uh, open studios. It's just, you got You can only do so much. Like you only have so much time. Does Lake Mary have a, an arts area or like an art walk? Um, where I am. So the reason I started volunteering at the Lake Mary Museum is because they have their local artist um, exhibit. So they invite, you know, they, they invite people to apply. It's, it's local artists. Um, and that's how I got involved with the Lake Mary Museum because they had a little group show for local artists. And I um, did the group show and it's, it's just a quaint little place. It's like a, a small building, but they had, they used to have an art festival and they, I guess they still do. It's just, it's not the same as it was. It's more of a, um, kind of a buy sell uh, type thing it's not it's not as prestigious as it once was but through the lake mary museum we have the local art exhibit um and then we also do a paint out like a little like sketch paint out one day thing in the park so like where i am i'm really close to a park and then the, like what's really interesting is like that area has started to get built up a little bit where like we had uh, the brewery, we had like, you know, uh, Citrus City craft brewery moved in. And then there's been some like gastropubs that have opened up. Um, and then uh, I just discovered this. There's this like gourmet donut place that's like a block and a half from my studio, which is not good. 
but they're so they're so there's the, the, here's the good thing i met the guy but they're so exclusive that they sell out almost immediately so like the couple times i've shown up there they've been out of donuts <laughs> it's a good thing but it's starting to get that little bit of like you know interest um and you know some interesting mm-hmm. stuff's happening in lake mary so i hope to stay for a while oh yeah sounds like you're on the uh cutting edge of a a burgeoning uh scene there i does that I hope make so. you feel like does that make you feel like you should buy a property versus rent oh god no uh oh buy buy a, a space up there oh i would never be able yeah. to afford that that's like no, that's hugely expensive. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no. I'm always like, okay, the like artists the, go where it's cheap. No, and then no, no. Like the, I feel like the, the developers take it all over. No, no. Like the cheapest property in that area is is probably 500000 400000 is the least expensive wow. okay. you know, home. And then like the office space I'm in is nothing special. It's like a converted garage of this um, little 60s strip mall Um I like it because it has parking. I did have a client come pick up their painting at my studio and it was like a surprise for her husband. And when she, oh. he showed up, he was like, I wasn't sure if we were coming to pick up a painting or buy weed. So like, it's not that great of an area, <laughs> but yeah, I was like, yeah, I don't have weed. <laughs> but Yeah. So through all of this, is there any one particular person that you've been maybe consciously or subconsciously modeling your business plan after? Uh, not. So when I started, like back, if you, Margaret, from 2018. Okay, so have you ever, did you ever, you have the Fringe down there in, in St. Pete, right? The, the Fringe Festival. It's like a theater. Yeah, I think so. Theater festival. Anyway, the one up here has yeah. a visual Fringe aspect of it so that you could, they have artists and you and pretty much anybody who applies, they, they all go up on the wall and you could volunteer at the fringe. You could sit at the table with another artist and sell artwork. And so when I did that, like back in 2017, somewhere in there when I was like starting, I would look for artists that I wanted to know because you'd be sitting next to them at a table for like a couple hours. And so when I looked down the volunteer sheet, I'd see like, oh, okay, uh, Doug Bringle, you know, like, I want to know this guy or like Chris Carr, I want to know this guy. And I would sit next to him. And so the one guy that I I got the most amount of information was from uh, this photographer. If you, if you've seen his work, uh, uh, Chris Carr, Uh, he does uh, puddle reflections, I think is his trademark. He He does a lot of festivals. And he literally gave me the most, like I picked his brain. <laughs> like we sat at that table and I think I must have just, cause I was like, oh, I have somebody who is one, he was selling his artwork. Like he was literally selling, but totally different. He's doing different festivals than I would do, doing different things that mm-hmm. I would do. Cause he's a photographer and I'm a painter, but just some of those like practical things, like could you do festivals, <sighs> It's it's like uh, buying a home. You you you're not going to have it all, but it's really nice to get like some of the like. Where did you get your walls for your your tent? Where do you buy those? What kind of tent weights do you have? You know what what kind of fan do you have? Like what's what's something you, you know what's a what's a wall covering that you you got or um, how do you transport your stuff or like what's it like when you set it up? Like so I didn't model, but I got so much information from him, and he's if you've 
go to his Instagram or he used to have like on his website, I'm on his website right now. Yeah. Chris Carr yeah. photography. He actually put out like uh, information about doing festivals, um, like as beginning, beginning artist um, doing festivals. So that was, that was really helpful. So I don't know if I modeled it now. I pretty much every time, like I loved when I'm, when I did like first real festival, like my first, what I consider a real festival, my favorite part was meeting the people. Like it was like meeting your tribe. Like most, most of the artists are, are really cool people. Um, I'm not their target audience. Like, you know, like I, I'm not their target. Like I'm not Chris's target audience. Um, I'm not his target audience. You know, he's not my target audience, but I love meeting the other artists and getting, you know, tips and information. It's just, it's nice to meet somebody who's like, I made this crazy left-hand turn just like you. Like I, I, I decided to go this way. This is insane. I, I travel all over the country or I do these shows and I never know how they're going to be. And I put myself out there and I make stuff and put myself out there. Um, like meeting you. Yeah, you make stuff. You put yourself out there. <laughs> it's it's always, it's that's really that's what really actually sometimes that can make a show, especially if it's a really bad show. Like it's a show where it's like you're like, oh my god, this show is so dead. It's nice to be able to walk around and meet other artists. Um, yeah, I've been you know, in those situations and, where you're like, I'm coming home with twenty bucks, but I still had a good time somehow. Yeah. Well, usually something, something comes from it. I've never, I've, I think only once have I, and, and, and most of the time you're like, I guess you can lie to yourself. I, maybe I do lie to myself, but like, I think I've only had one really bad show where like, I was like, well, that was a learning experience. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I know what to avoid in the future. And I, I can, I've been really lucky that I've only had maybe two that were like that where I'm like, Oh never again. Um, never again. Uh, the, you know, these were my warning signs. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not the artist for a show that is, has their open date all the way up to almost the date of the show. So that was the thing that I realized, like applying to a show whose deadline for the application is like one week before the show. I'm not their target. On, I'm not their target on, yeah. artist. They don't, I, my work isn't going to sell there. Um, no shade or anything on any of the artists that do it's just I, my artwork's not gonna work there so i've noticed there's also been a big increase in people scamming on facebook pretending to be the organizer and saying oh just send me your money and i'll make sure i get you in i've seen yeah. that happen a lot lately that yeah so, i imagine i i don't do markets so much like i, I imagine that's mm, gotta be a lot of the markets because right. the markets are like you're, you're doing them week, you know, those are the ones that I don't yeah. do a lot of markets. Cause that's, that's not my, that's not where my target audience lives. Um, cause like the things that I'm selling are there, you know, it's the people are going to spend $40. Um, you know, like if most of the stuff's 40 and I'm bringing out my, my, my $1,200 painting, um, my $1,200 painting, it's not going to sell. <laughs> Right, unless right. I get really, unless I get really lucky. And that was, that was the shows that I realized that didn't work. And, um, like I was at one where I was next to a lady selling orchids and I was like, and, and I saw her setting up and I was like, this isn't good. 
because all weekend, all you saw was those, you know, $30 orchids walking mm-hmm. past my tent and all the other artists that were there were watching it too. And, you know, we're all looking at our print bins, you know, like I'm selling my prints for 25 bucks. Um, I can't compete with the orchid lady. <laughs> like most of the, most of the time you're not competing with artists. Like I, if I do an arts festival, right. I'm not competing with anybody. There's nobody I'm competing with. But when you have somebody who's like selling stuff for 40 bucks and you're selling stuff for two, you, you're, you are kind of, you know, just like, okay, I, there's no competition going to go happen here. Like I'm going to see your stuff all weekend selling and nobody's going to be buying mine. So like, if you're ever in that situation where you have like, I don't know. It gets hard. I imagine it's the reverse too. Like if you had to, you know, if you're selling for and you're between people who are selling high dollar stuff, it's never, that's not, that's not a great situation either. So. Well, speaking of, uh, being between people selling high, high, high price items, that's just terrible segue. Uh, coming up next, you're going to be at the Gasparilla art festival first week of March. And then you're mm-hmm. doing Winter Park Sidewalk Art Festival mid-March. And then Main Sale coming up in April. That one's in yep. St. Petersburg. Yep. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I still like can't. I too many S's in St. Petersburg's. But yeah. So Same tell me either. about those three events. What are you looking forward to? What are you expecting? Which ones have you done in the past? Or all Ooh. of them, I guess. I've done Main Sale. I've never done Gasparilla. And I've never done Winter Park okay. Sidewalk. So I never applied to Winter Park Sidewalk Festival before. Um, I live near Winter Park. I do the Winter Park Autumn Festival, uh, which is done by a totally different organization, same area. Um, and to be honest, I psyched myself out. I never applied to Winter Park Sidewalk Art Festival because I know it was really prestigious. I knew mm-hmm. that it was really hard to get into. And they don't, they, I think they only take like 10 or 15% Florida artists. So the oh, one wow. that, yeah, so the one that happens in the fall is put on by the chamber of commerce and they only take Florida artists. And the one that's put on in the spring is an arts organization. And they, they, they're, they're running in, in all over national artists. Mm, so it's, so I guess they're, they're it's really hard to get into. Like they're, cur- they're curating this for the customer. Right. So I guess that makes right. it feel more gallery ish in that regard. It very much so. So the shows that I've applied to do have a galleryishness to them. Like Gasparilla mm-hmm. is a big, that's also a really hard festival to get into. Um, it's also very prestigious. It's also one that I never applied to before this last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, mostly because I forgot that that's one where like the application was like eight months ago. So if you're not mm. paying attention, some of these applications can <laughs> slip by and then you're like, oh, now I don't have anything in March. Um, but the Winter Park one, I was over the moon. Same thing with Gasparilla. I got those two acceptances and I was like, oh, it's like winning the lottery. You know, like I haven't sold anything. I have no expectations, but it's like, oh, you accepted me. You know, it's it's what people don't realize when they're walking these festivals is like people were juried in. So when you're walking around Mainsail, you're walking around Gasparilla, just know that all of those artists were juried in. So they had to present their artwork and their booth. Um, They might have even, you know, written their artist statement and that they were in a, so there will be like 200 artists, but there were probably 1800 that applied nationally, (laughs) some of them internationally. 
that applied. And so there's a lot of competition for those shows. Um, but the reason there's a lot of competition for those shows is because they're really high ranked shows. So they're usually like, um, there are people who literally travel to only the, it's kind of like going to Art Basel, where right? It's not at that level, but it's that same idea, right? So people are paying to be, be there. They were juried into those spaces um, for the potential of those art buyers who literally only come to that show. Well, congratulations on that. I'm excited about the future of Margaret Baker's art. And I'm also excited that I get to have some originals. (laughs) And (laughs) if any of the listeners want to see some of your art, they can visit you at Margaret Baker art. Sorry, Margaret Baker dot art. And you're on Instagram and Facebook as at Margaret Baker art. Yep, that's it. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. It was a wonderful yeah. conversation. I feel like we could have gone on for another hour. Yeah. Uh, I had to edit down the questions I had, but you were wonderful. So thank All you right. again so well, much. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. It was good to see you again. Art for Profit's Sake is recorded through Riverside FM, distributed through Spotify for Podcasters, and edited on Adobe Audition. The music is provided by Old Romans. If you learned anything useful or found this podcast helpful, please rate and review us five stars. If you want to learn more about me or my art, head over to chainassembly.com. Hi, it's Nick here. If you're a fan of my work, then I know you either like tarot, horror films, or both. My latest project is a tarot deck inspired by Italian Gothic horror films of the 60s and 70s. Referred to as giallo films, their movie posters were known for their dramatic and bold graphic design choices. I'm bringing that same aesthetic to a new Rider Waite style tarot deck that I call Tarocchi Gialli where each card is lovingly crafted to look like a film poster from the era. It's launching on Kickstarter February 19th. To learn more about the project, follow me on Instagram at ChainAssembly or visit www.chainassembly.com.